Hey everybody, we're here for another episode of In The Loop. It's Ryan. And Abby. Today we're going to talk about a few things. The movie The Rum Diary, books, and maybe if we have time, Herman Cain. (laughs) Only if we have time. Only if we have time. So last night we finally saw The Rum Diary, um, a movie based on the novel by Hunter S. Thompson about a reporter who works for a fledgling newspaper in Puerto Rico in 1960. I want to make a promise to you, the reader. And I don't know if I can fulfill it tomorrow or even the day after that. But I put the bastards of this world on notice that I do not have their best interests at heart. I will try and speak for my reader. That is my promise. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. What do you think? Um, I thought it was really fun. Johnny Depp looks amazing for however old he is. I mean, he played opposite of like a 23-year-old and they looked, you know, equal, equally attractive. The actress who was his love interest was gorgeous. The scenery was really pretty. Alcohol was like the supporting actor in it. Played a big role. Speaking of supporting actors, I had forgotten that Giovanni... Giovanni Ribisi, I think that's mm-hmm. his name. He was going to be in it, and his character plays like this messed up, like religion slash city hall cop God. reporter. I think it was like crime slash religion beats. Yeah. Yeah, and he was really twisted, and he played a really good. He acted really well. Yeah, his character um, had basically lost his mind from drugs and abusing alcohol, but not just you know, drinking a six-pack a night. The One of the reoccurring things he did was he would steal the filters from the rum distillery. He's got filters. What filters? He goes over the wall at the Bacardi plant. These filters are the last in line in the distillation process. They contain more ethanol than rocket fuel. What's it like? It's a hand on the brain, off the scale. 470 proof. No such thing as 470 proof alcohol. It was definitely a lot of drinking, and when it comes to Hunter S. Thompson, people have Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and just tons of drugs in mind. But when Hunter S. Thompson went to Puerto Rico, because this was based on his own experience, it was before he got into the drugs, and it was just drinking. Mm-hmm. Which I think was actually kind of nice. It was kind of refreshing, because it wasn't so far out there, you know? Yeah, it wasn't like Fear and Loathing, where that was just trippy. You know, where they would break into all of those... Um, episodes where they were really actually high. So the characters were just drunk, and there is one episode where they do hard drugs and sort of trip out, and there's some special effects there. But it was more, I thought it was more of a fun jaunt than like a twisted um, depths of hell kind of movie like Fear and Loathing was. Well, speaking about books, how that was based off a book, uh, I've been reading some books. You're always reading a lot of books. Uh, I don't know about that. No, it's a fact. <laughs> one of the one I finally picked up the Steve Jobs book, and the, um, I mean, there's just so much has been said about that book that I don't want to be redundant. But one little factoid that I thought was interesting is, uh, obviously, he went to Reed College in Portland, Oregon, big hippie school, dropped out. But what he did do um, while he still lived there is just audited classes. He just went to the classes he just wanted to take, but, you know, didn't count toward anything and one of them was a topography class 
And he just felt fell so in love with it. Like that's where he learned about different types of type, different like surfs, sand surfs, and things like that. And he says uh, to the biographer, Sarah, Sarah, yeah, Sarah and sand serif. Did I say surf? Mm-hmm. Which uh, is very similar. It's just add an I, and you get Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about Steve Jobs surf. Actually, he didn't <laughs> surf, but anyway, um, the uh, sand serif and serif. And he says that um, had not been for like just dropping in on that class, like the way we know different types of fonts might not actually have taken place. Because, like, typewriters, they only had, you know, just one type of type. Mm-hmm. So I, thought, I didn't know that. That's awesome. That is cool. It's just the whole book is just... I mean, you look back at, like, the 30 years of software, just sort of how things came to be and, like, stuff we take it for granted and stuff. I mean, there's a whole subculture of people who are obsessed with fonts and then, like, a subculture of those people who are obsessed with, you know, Helvetica. Um, but it is interesting to think if Steve Jobs hadn't decided that that was a priority for him, we'd probably all just still be typing in one font. Yeah. And it also reminded me, like, when I actually produced, uh, guest produced a talk show in Seattle for Dave Ross one time, um, the guy that invented Microsoft Word had been in the news. And it just sort of never dawned on me that somebody had to invent Microsoft Word, and his name is Richard Brody. And he's one of the guys that, like, made a ton of money, like, back in the day in, like, the heyday of, like, early development of software, then just quit. And he became a professional gambler. And the reason why he was in the news is because, um, I think it's Harris is at the casino. Harris kicked him out and banned him because he kept winning. So it was just funny to, like, talk to the guy that invented Microsoft uh, Word. He's probably a genius and had figured out a way to beat the odds, which isn't going to sit well with the casino, but that's pretty funny. And the first thing he says right off the bat is, like, I'm not the one that's responsible for that stupid paperclip. Okay, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that paperclip. He was so annoying. They got rid of that, right? They don't do that anymore? I'm pretty sure. I haven't. Uh, every time I've opened uh, Microsoft Word recently, it hasn't been there. The paperclip was useless. It did nothing. So speaking of um, genius and inventing things, uh, Herman Cain's been in the news a lot. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, so I learned something yesterday I thought you would get a kick out of. Yeah. Um, Herman Cain's sexual harassment suit was settled at the NRA when? Probably the night. oh, 1998? Close. September 1999, or 9.99. <laughs> Did people point that out? Yeah, one of the guys in my office got a kick out of that one's telling everyone. Oh, that's awesome. No, I mean, like, I don't know what to make of it, because it's like, he's, he's funny in that, like, it's just that I, I'm glad that people are liking him, you know, getting a kick out of him. Please send him the um, journalistic code of ethics. It's funny in a comedy of errors kind of way. Like, this is a train wreck, so it's a little bit hilarious that he's leading the Republican field right now. The way I, d the way I sort of, like, conceptualize him is, like, so Stephen Colbert's character is, um, is a conservative, but he, his character is an idiot. Mm -hmm. And what I think of Herman Cain is, like, the actual serious version mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, no, that's not satire. That is his sincere self which is funny in that 
it's incredibly depressing that that person is leading the Republican presidential field. I'm ready for the gotcha questions, and they are already starting to come. And when they ask me who's the president of you, Becky, 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 Stan, Stan, I'm going to say, you know, I don't know. Do you know? It's been for about three and a half weeks. So, okay, put on your analytical hat, put on your crystal ball, put on your pundit, pundit uh, hoodie, which is what you have on right now, and tell me what happens in the story, the narrative of Herman Cain. It's just kind of terrifying. Like, what does this guy have to do to disqualify himself? His tax plan is a joke. He does not know anything about foreign policy. He's never held any elected office before, so he really doesn't know how government works or how you get things done in government. You can't run it like a business. You can't just, you know, be the executive and decide that this is how things are going to go. And he seems to have a rich history of sexually harassing female staffers. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like deja vu all over again, because you remember when conservatives really dug in when Sarah Palin came on the scene. Yeah, but Sarah Palin, I feel like Sarah Palin was taken to task in the media a lot more over less. I mean, her foreign gaffes, her her sort of light knowledge of all things economic or foreign policy or whatever, at least she was a governor. Granted, she quit. But at least she had, she had done, her, I mean, her resume made more sense. And I think she is smarter than Herman Cain and actually has, <laughs> you know, had more to say. And her gaffes were, were a fraction as bad as his. I mean, that, of all of the things that have happened with Herman Cain, the Uzbeki Becky stand stand thing, horrifies me just horrifies me that that guy wants to be president and he just wants to mock other countries and be like it's a joke if someone asks me about the leaders of other countries you know that's just a gotcha question yeah it's um i think what conservatives have done is they have put perman kane out there to trick you into saying nice things about sarah palin <laughs> i know i never thought i would defend sarah palin or use her as a positive but i feel like you know i wonder how much worse it can get because four years ago it was like really I mean this you're gonna put this person on the ticket and she looks great compared to Herman Cain so it's like I mean I thought the dark ages of the Republican Party like they were you know they were in the wilderness and they would have to regroup and come out and it's like no it's only gotten worse oh well we'll see how this Kane thing shakes out on our next episode I know I hope next time we we record one like He's, you know, down in the single digits. He's imploded, and now we'll be talking about Newt Gingrich or, or Rick Santorum. You know, <laughs> he hit all 99 counties of Iowa, so I feel like he's due for a big uh, a big climb in the polls any day now. I don't know who he is. I'll just have to Google him. <laughs> <laughs>